but I'm sipping on some like instant uh, like boba milk tea. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Except the boba is not that good, but the milk tea is incredible. So I just leave the boba out. You can buy this actually without the boba, but we just, we're just trying it out. It is. <laughs> so, really okay, good. I have a question then. Like, does that make me, uh, as an Asian person, like, does that make me non Asian when I don't like boba? <laughs> I always just order well, just the drink. No, no, I don't. I don't order boba either. Actually, like I usually don't, oh, don't? get boba. Okay. I just get milk tea. Yeah, I think it's okay, pretty. Yeah. I think you know. I think it's more acceptable now to not get the tapioca. Um, okay. Yeah, and plus, like, there's so many. Wait, if you go to like, like any Asian uh, like tea like a tea place, uh, yeah. they have so many drinks that aren't boba related, right? And there's so many other things yeah. you could add that aren't boba. So I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cause uh, yeah. it, I'm just one of those. Like, do you, would you like the the boba thing, the tapioca pearls? I'm like, no, I don't want. It. I just want the milk. I'm, I'm, good. Give me the, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just yeah, that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And all my like my, my nephews, my nieces, they're like looking at me like, why you don't like it? I'm like, I don't. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Yee's back. I'm back, Yee's everyone. Back. I'm back. Yeah, Yee's back. We're always happy to have Yee because we always talk about the most interesting things. So right before starting this episode, I was actually kind of just like. Uh, we're, we're basically sharing ideas and like what we could talk about today. I think he did bring a really, really good uh, conversation point that we can start off of. Uh, but before that, I want to talk about CESE. I know you're going to CES. You I know, am. But yeah. Am I? Are you not? <laughs> I thought you were. I, I, I didn't know I was. I didn't know I was going to CES. Wait, I'm going to CES. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I registered for fun. I don't really think that means I'm going. Uh, oh, okay, okay. So what, you're not sure. Well, not hold sure. on. What are what are the dates? Do you know? It's usually first uh, January, week of January. January fifth, right? yeah, through the eighth, I think. Um, so. honestly, I think the chances of me going are quite slim. Uh, okay. Because I'll be I'll, I'll be visiting family in California, and the thought of going to Vegas just for CES sounds. Stressful. A little miserable. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Stressful. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I get it. Look, I get it. Look, we've, we've had this conversation many times where it's like, I, I've told you when you're first time to CES, I was like, listen, I want you to be prepared for disappointment because that's what CES typically is. It's just like a sea yeah. of disappointment with like, like one or two gems, but you really got to search for those gems. And if you're going to walk like 20,000 steps to search for those gems, just to like talk about it and and maybe it comes to fruition and maybe it doesn't it's like yeah i'm okay <laughs> so the, yeah so the, the 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 biggest lesson here is really manage your expectations like what you said although yeah, i have definitely. to say like as a first time goer like this was like a few years ago i was still it was very it was very grand to me because i've never been in a um uh convention that big that humongous like you it's you really huge. can't it is huge yeah you you can't underestimate the size of that thing. So um, I think if you are going for the first time, and this is what I encourage creators, actually. The reason why I want to talk about CES is because it seems like people, I don't know, maybe it's because we're still just getting out of the pandemic, but people seem to be sleeping on CES. And last year, or at least this year, the beginning of this, because it's every January, this year, rightfully so. I mean, I kind of regret going. Because there was yeah, nothing yeah. there. Absolutely yeah, nothing totally. there. Yeah. But my wife and I went. It, we made it into like a weekend trip for us. So we still enjoyed the, the the trip. But the actual convention itself, I'm glad I only spent a day. Not even an entire day. Just walking around. Yeah. Because it, at yeah. least I got to see 
So, however, however, this year though, this coming CES on January 2023, I feel like it's going to be different. I feel like people, companies, brands are poised to really show up this time. They're ready, and I've got I've gotten a lot of like these really interesting emails. So, if you sign up for CES, if you have a a somewhat, I mean, a respectable following on social media, you can actually sign up as media a media personality yeah. or I forgot what you, what it's called. They do have a, I guess, a, a, um, a set number of views that they need from you, depending on what platform you're using. So I, I, I use either my YouTube or my Instagram, but just check it out. And if you are within the parameters, you can sign up and you can get in for free. So you just have to book your hotel, your, your, your travel basically oh, and get snap. there. It's yeah, before you have to pay, right? You like I remember that you had to pay. You had to pay. Uh, and you had to be really within the industry. Media. I don't know if media has to pay. I know that everyone else if you're an industry attendee. So for me, mm -hmm. right? I was in where I was an exhibitor, but I've also just been like an attendee. No matter what, you've we've had to pay in the past. And the only yeah. reason I don't have to pay for this year or last year or the year before was because it's weird. I think like once you've attended before, I feel like CTA, which is the organization that uh, organizes CES, I feel like they just give you like, hey, if you register now, like half a year beforehand, you can get free access. Or it might mm. also have been the fact that I was a member of CTA. And so maybe we just got complimentary access. I don't know. It feels like it might be a mix of both. But otherwise, it is a pricey event. I, I had a feeling I I'm guessing they just made it free this time. It made it easier for more accessible for people and maybe just to bring more people in right after the pandemic. Yeah. Because last year, this year was just terrible. It was like it was a joke, like I, the biggest disappointment. And I'm not I'm not even uh, going to sugarcoat it was with LG. And they were my favorite booth the, the, the first time I went because their booth was like it felt like a mall. <laughs> Like you went inside a futuristic yeah. home. That's what it felt like. And this year, 2022, when they said that they were going to be in, at CES, I was very painfully disappointed because all they did was they set up a booth and they, they actually covered like a huge uh, amount of like space within the, the, the hall, the hall. And all they did was put like these big blocks of, um, I don't know, like two by fours or something. And I mean, they're boxes, basically wooden boxes with QR codes on top. And right. so the and idea was just like sit there and watch yes. it. The idea was for you to scan <laughs> it and sit there and imagine you're in a virtual presentation. Yeah. I'm like, why would you go all the way to CES just to watch on your phone? It was like the most disappointing thing. And I was very, very upset. I mean, I was really upset because I was looking forward to it and because they said that they were going to be there. So, um, Pretty much that set the tone for the rest of the visit. But I think, again, this year is going to be really different. And so what I did, I, I actually signed up. So if you're uh, interested, if you're in the media, if you're, I mean, if you're a creator and you did sign up, um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be free because I'm actually meeting with two other creators. This is going to be their first time going to CES, possibly three creators. Uh, the other one hasn't confirmed yet, but it's exciting because even from their end, it sounds like things are really moving. So I can tell that the brands are poised and ready for Q1, you know what I mean, next year and just the year in general. Um, I did get a couple of emails because when you sign up, you have the uh, the choice of 
basically putting your name in this uh, list so that they can reach out to you. Like brands that are relevant to your content can reach out to you and say, hey, we have a booth at this location. Mm. Our yeah, CEO is, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll have like some demos. And if you want, we can schedule you in. So I, I wrote some of the, I mean, I, I signed up for that and they some of them reached out to me. And dude, there's this one company, you're going to be really interested in this. Um, I can't remember the name and I'm not going to, maybe because it's in under embargo, right? But, oh, fair, yeah. Right, they're, 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 technology is it has to do with printing i know it's not exciting but imagine can you be a little more specific for yeah like what um, kind of printing so you can print it on clothes you can print it on labels uh you can print it on just about anything because it's almost like a regular printer so packaging everything but it's interactive that's all i'm gonna say I have I have a hunch, I, and okay. you don't have to confirm whether or not this is yeah. correct or not. But uh-huh. I have a hunch that this is a printer that is portable. And no, you know that's oh okay okay fine. okay no, uh, it's not the printer itself. That's that's uh, that's amazing. It's what it prints out, and I'm like, wait, this is this is okay. going to change. Okay. This is seriously going to change package design. In just, it's going to be crazy. So this is from Germany, I think. It's a company from Germany. It started off from Germany. And it's, the, these are the things that make me excited to go to CES. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Like, and okay, so to, tr- to try to, I, I don't want to dive too deep into CES, but I want to get into like the topic that we want to talk about, right? But to tie it all together, um, this is the problem that I had. Some of the media kits that they sent, some of the emails that I got from them were really nice, like presented really well. And the idea, obviously, is to for them to generate enough traffic and interest in their company or their product, so that people, you know, flock over to their booths. Because CES is so huge that they're vying for everyone's attention amongst like a sea of other companies. So my point is, when you present something to your possible um, the interested party, you have to make sure that it's attractive enough for for them to even read the email or open the email. So a handful of them did that, but the vast majority of them basically sent. It looks like I'm lo- I'm reading code because <laughs> it's like line after line after line of text. Like seriously, not even hyperlinking anything. It was just this and this and this, and it it felt like I was reading a long disclaimer from a packaging or something. It was kind of horrendous to be honest and all i did was after like two of those emails i'm like every every single time i open one up i'm like i you know i can't i'll just delete them i I would get through like one sentence and that's it and that goes back to like what ye was saying earlier um i don't know if we have recorded that part but when you were saying that um if you're trying to collaborate with someone you don't just go up to them and say hey let's make something work and that's it like you have to do your homework right like do something to, to share with them like your vision, what you think is going to happen. So you have to present it at least, in the very least. So I think that's a good uh, starting point for this conversation, right? Like how, how do you, I guess, how do you collaborate with people? How do you, um, I don't know, present yourself in that way? I, you have a ton of experience in this, in this realm. And I've actually seen you at work. Yeah. Uh, the first time yeah, we yeah, met, I me. think, 
Yeah, first time we met, it was basically that, right? It's it's yeah. it's an idea about how do yeah. you or the process of reaching out to people that you want to work with, and it's very obvious that you clearly want something from them. So you know, if we rewind a couple of years back to when I was launching my products, uh, it was very clear that like, hey, we found this influencer, Michael, and we're like, hey, he stands out. We like his style. We like him for these reasons. And you know, at that time, you know, to be frank. Michael is a is a name amongst a list of other names, right? Yes. But and it just so happened that hey, like you know, we we got along really well. One point I made, and I don't think this is very common with founders or just brands in general, especially when thinking about startups. But for me, I really wanted to make sure that I knew the people that we were collaborating with, because if they're going to be the individuals that are representing our brand and talking about our products, <coughs> excuse me. I want to make sure that they actually like our brand. They actually like our product, and they're not just doing it for money. Because if that's the case,、mm -hmm. I don't think it's a very organic way of advocating for for our 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 brand, my products, etc.、Uh, and so I want to see if there's genuine interest and not just this desire by oh yeah, this is just another brand. Like I, I want the people we work with to actually like our items, and that may seem kind of like obvious, but at the end of the day, a lot of people view. Marketing and influence for marketing as a just another sales tactic, just another like revenue、uh, generation source, and it, and it's、mm -hmm. fair, right? It totally makes sense.、Yes. And I actually think that you could argue that my process of trying to vet the creators and engage with them might be a waste of time because it does take time to just not only have my team reach out with these really like really I want to say they're really well. Of crafted messages, like every、mm -hmm. single outreach message that our team sent out was, it was researched and it was crafted to match the, the style, the taste, the personality of the person we we're reaching out to, to show that we really care about that person. That like we took the time to like understand what they make, how they do what they do, why they do what they do,、uh, and to see like, hey, we believe that there is this alignment and synergy from. Our brand and what you do, and that—that's why we're a great fit. It's like we're—it's like we're setting ourselves up to be like, hey, like we're—we're we're a match made in heaven. Work with us. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I think that resonated with you. It did. It actually did. And the fact that you even followed up with、uh, with um, can we have a, a video chat? And this happened way before the pandemic. So video chatting. See, it's even called. I, I'm even calling video chatting. <laughs> video, like, video chatting. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like we're on a virtual date.、It's、yeah, like, no. <laughs> it, it feels kind of like a date. It feels kind of、yeah. like a date. You're getting、yeah. to know each other, kind of like you know,、yeah. feeling each other out. Yeah. It was very interesting for me. I've never done that before, and it was an eye opener because, from my perspective as a new creator, it was always about let me make something amazing, and I'm going to be popular, and then people are going to be are going to admire my work, and they're going to want to work with me. In a way, it is like that because just like anything, you have to present yourself first, right? But the deeper,、um, how you really grow into this field is to establish relationships. And so Yi was the first one to、um, basically do that. Like he said, "Hey, let's、um, let's hop on a Zoom call, and let's just see what what we can do." And then what? A couple of years later, we've done a couple of like really fun things already, and we have been、um, constantly just like sharing ideas. And so there's a lot of like Things that are happening in the background 
that obviously I can't really share it just because it's boring for most people, but it's very critical and crucial to my own growth, my personal um, career's yeah. growth, basically. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's very enriching that in a way that you can't really quantify. So I think it's one of those things that I've been from, from the, I mean, ever since then, Yi, like every single time I meet with another CEO or another um, startup or whatever, I always go back to like, okay, who are they? Like, I want to humanize them because I think when you see the vision behind it, when you see like the mission, you understand who they are and then you can decide like, okay, do we really align? And I think exactly. me, the fact that yeah. he did that before was really like an eye-opening experience for me. So I appreciate that. So to you, Yi, like now that after how many years that you've been doing this, what do you think creators um, lack when they communicate with, I don't know, with a brand or what maybe with 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 someone like you? Yeah, I, well, I think we can talk about this both ways. It's like you can talk. I think you already mentioned like what do brands lack when they communicate with creators? And in this case, mm-hmm. it's if you don't take that time to actually put together a nice presentation or a deck or like a easy to understand email, like make things convenient for that person you're trying to work with. Right. Like you, you already touched on that. And then on our end, we we've had creators reach out to us. I want to work together and I, I can tell that they're trying to write a personalized message um, mm-hmm. or even uh, and this is the annoying part, like vendors, like third party vendors will reach out to us <laughs> and it'll be like, a oh, hey, saw your product, loved it. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, we can increase your like your advertising yes. spend and your yeah. return by three X. And like they they immediately lose me because at that point, one, I can tell it's it's just a template. It feels very like mm-hmm. canned. And two, um, I don't want you to just reach out to me and treat me like any other customer. And in our case, it's like and, and again, this is not this is not going to be like a catch all for everyone. But it's like how I like to conduct business. I think as a small business owner. Um, it was, I'm going to work with people that have this mentality of developing those relationships and finding alignment and being like, I enjoy working with you because I think we align. I think we're very similar. And I think that's why Michael and I got along really well was because there was like this mutual respect for the craft and the care and the attention to detail. And you only understand that when you work with someone, when you mm-hmm. actually talk to them, get to know them. Uh, and, and so... <clears throat> For us, it's like, well, for me in particular, if you reach out and it's just like, you know, a simple message, it's just like, oh, hey, I want to review this or, hey, I've got this following. I want to review it. It's like, great. I see that you have a following, but it tells me nothing about why you're a good fit or why you think Mm -hmm. you can do this. And even if you tell me your qualifications, that still doesn't really tell me that it doesn't give me that sense of like, oh, you want to be personable. Oh, you actually care. It's more just like, oh, you just either want something for free or you want my business um and that's it i think that's that's where emails usually end yeah i mean that's where emails usually end when they say uh can i get something for free i mean i've made the same mistake like i still make the same mistake but you know from what you just said those are very very important especially going into like the next coming years i mean influencer marketing is the advertising vehicle the modern advertising vehicle basically that's that's just the way it is. That's how things have evolved. Advertising has changed. And I think this is an opportunity for, for us to really learn. And, you know, if we're learning, if we're going to lean into this industry, we have to be better. 
And actually, I took a uh, um, some lessons from my past uh, meetings with Yi. I remember when Yi <laughs> asked me before, he's like, "Okay, I want you to prepare a deck before we meet. I'm gonna introduce you to this person." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, Holy yeah, yeah." Smokes, like, what do I do? And I mean, I honestly did not know what I was gonna do, and I just wrote down all my thoughts and everything. And Yi was very gracious uh, with 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 um, his input and as well as his friend actually very helpful um but now i just <laughs> i saw that deck that i prepared like a few days ago and it was yeah. mm -hmm. so laughable i'm like okay i had no idea why i wrote this and why <laughs> i presented it this way because i had no idea you know there's no really there's no guide to doing that but i think the core of it is um you just have to share what your vision is and somewhere along that conversation you have to make them understand why it would make sense for them to partner with you in this yeah, vision. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I actually did that just yesterday. So I had a meeting with this person that I admire, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it was a funny meeting too because it's like super casual. Like he was in his, in his office, and he was just like wearing a hat, and he's like, "Oh hey, what's up, man?" I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, I've followed you for this for the longest time. I know." I kind of know what your story is. I think this is a great opportunity for me to introduce myself. And so prior to this, we've already been emailing each other. And so he has an yeah. idea of who I am and what I do, but I still went ahead and gave him like an overall like vision. And so I explained to him like my a short version of my story, where I want to take um, what I'm doing. I even showed him a mood board. And I, I was like, it's, it's funny because I'm like, okay, this might, might not make sense to you. But this is me. This is the mood board. This is my vision. This is what I want. This is um, what I want to achieve. And I think if we work together, it's going to be an amazing thing because, you know, your brand and then my brand and, you know, come together into this vision board. I think it's going to be great. And then the first thing he said was like, Wow, I've never seen an introduction like this before. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he, I thought he was like, you know, I've never seen a grown man come to me with a mood board like that. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but I think the lesson here is that there's really yeah. no, like, there's no template, right? There's really no template. I think the idea is to yeah, just exactly. share it, right? Yeah, and find yeah. Um, um, that crossroad where you both intersect. To your to your point about there being no template. And that's why I'm prefacing with everything I'm saying with like a huge asterisk saying that this is not the template for reaching out to people and having success. This is my template for how I want to work with people and how I choose the people I work with. Because that's like, that's my mentality. And I think that's your mentality too. It's like, we, mm -hmm. we have our own understanding of what we want, but by no means is how other people work. Like there's a reason people send those template emails and messages. It's because they work. They have low hit rates and open rates and success rates. But at the end of the day, they, they do their job if you're just playing a numbers game. And there's very nothing true. wrong with that as well. Very true, um, very true. Yeah, and, and, and so I think for, for what you just said about, oh, like you gave a whole backstory and whatnot, it might seem maybe a little comical or laughable or over the top for people that are just hearing it. But I think it's actually extremely admirable because you're taking the time to like, hey, listen, you think you know me, but let me reintroduce myself. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. These are my goals. Not everyone knows what your goals are. They may assume they know, right? They mm -hmm. may assume looking at your channel, oh, he's trying to do X, Y, or Z. But 
that's actually not how it works because the way your channel develops, like it's like a one, two, three, maybe five year plan. And so yes. no one will see what that plan looks like. And you need yes. to explain that. And so those meetings that you take are a chance to be like, hey, it looks like this right now, but here's my true vision. And once you hear it, then the other person you're talking to, like, oh, they'll start latching on. They'll be like, wow, that's cool. Yes. That's cool. This is how I can see myself like working with you or inserting myself into this to, to help you get there. Right. And so you have to present all this. Otherwise, people will make assumptions and they may be wrong or they may be right. But you just got to be clear about it. That's the problem. And once they start making assumptions, then you realize that you're going towards a direction that you don't want to want to go. And you even told me this, like he said, when you when you when you talk to someone, you have to make sure that not you're just not presenting something that's like, OK, let's wait, work on this project. And that's it. Bye. You know, that's it. Make sure that you're you have a long term plan, a goal, because you want to you want to make them feel like you're really in it for for the long run. Right. Like you're you're not just looking to make that content and then buy because they want to work with you because they're also looking for success. So you have to drag them along, not drag them along, but basically you both need to be going towards the finish line. And I think, you know, just hearing you say that, I'm like, okay, you know what? That's true. I can't just say, let's work together on this one project, one, one big project. How about we sprinkle it out throughout the year yeah. and then just yeah. you know, see how we can sustain this for the longest time. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just small, um, like start small, but basically think long term he's always told me that just think long term and you're right i just want to say that once you give them that vision you'll be surprised at yourself as well because now you're you're having a clearer understanding of where you want to go and it gets you excited it gets the other person excited and then everything you see like what you just said was completely true 100 true you might look at my channels right now my my instagram and my youtube that is nothing to what I'm actually, where I'm headed, like where I want to be. If I were to describe all of that, like my social media presence right now, it's small, relatively small, but that's like that's like walking into my house and looking at my doorstep. That's it. That's the only thing you see, and that's the only thing. But what's inside the house, what I have planned, what I have in store, that's all in the works and i'm just trying to i'm basically trying to build towards that and so that's uh that's wow, what wow. makes it really that's exciting a, that's a great analogy that was so solid i <laughs> you really should write good. that down you, yeah yeah <laughs> that should be a, a new email <laughs> that the house analogy that's the new thing uh, so i think one part of what you said that stood out to me is like okay like you mentioned the think long term and think that how can we continue working together and another part to it is in my opinion, it's just purely practical as well. I'd rather work with you or someone else long term rather than going through the motions of it's kind of like dating, right? We're talking mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like many of our friends are dating <laughs> and it's like, you know, they, they date and they're like, oh, I'm so tired of like reintroducing myself and like talking about myself. And after a while, it just gets tiring and boring. And it's like if we have to be constantly researching uh, other creators or people to work with, it's a lot of it's a lot of time, right? It's it takes a lot of effort to, to make that happen. So once you've set once you have this the set group of individuals that you can work with and depend on, it makes it so much easier to just like I can hit you up anytime. Hey, Michael, um, can you help shoot some B roll real quick? I need some help with something, or just be like, hey, like let's talk ideas and like if something's coming up, hey, like 
you have these people you can immediately work with, right? You're just building that network that you have. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's it's so much more like fruitful uh, in the long it's run. It's so much more fruitful. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I used to dread like meetings with Dee because I was afraid he was going to ask me a lot of these questions, and I'm like, I have no answer. But then I look forward <laughs> to them because it forces me. It forces me to answer the questions that I should be asking myself, right? Because why do I wake up in the morning and put myself in this so much pressure to create the content, to talk to people, and do all that stuff? Like, if I don't have a solid why, you know what I mean? Like, solid direction, it is really for nothing. I'm just going through the motion, and it suddenly I feel like I'm just showing up for work, but they're not paying me. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of like the the um, the feeling until you find that um, that if you I'm I, I'm fortunate. I have to say I'm fortunate that I met you with Yi, and then that kind of got the ball rolling, and I started to meet up with all of these other people. But it's a skill that you develop. It's a skill that you you have to constantly. It's a it's like a muscle. You just have to keep using it, and then you get better and get stronger, and it becomes just part of your day. So. I know we can dive in more into this, but before we move on to the next topic, let me just ask you this. If you were to give uh, new creators, because we're at towards the end of the year and I know a lot of people are, are maybe considering, because I've been hearing right, a lot of chatter right. on, online, right? Like they're like, okay, do you want to go full-time next year and all that stuff? Like what would you, I would say, actually someone did ask me this on my Instagram. What would be the biggest advice? that I would give a new creator. Oh. But I want to start with you, Yi. I want to yeah, I want to start with you. And I don't want to give like um like the generic get a nice camera, get it. No, I mean I think we're thinking right. more of like mindset here. So what would you give uh as an advice to Man. a new creator? Well, this is interesting because as a creator, I I well, we're different creators. And and for yes. people listening, right? It's it's we have different approaches as to what like our type of being a creator is and then basically it's like you are a creator and like the most uh the most top of mind it's like you literally create content right you're an mm -hmm. influencer even though you don't like that word but you are a creator through and through even before you did this full time you were what a graphic you did graphic, graphic design, designer yeah right Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you you were again a creator, and I think the purest yeah. sense of the word. Like people think, oh, you're a content creator or you're a creator. Yeah, you did. I think you did all of it. Um, whereas for me, it's like yes. I didn't do that, right? I'm a creator in the I made products. I I made like we've done campaigns. I've made products and, and pitches and things like that. And I think that's probably the biggest difference between us. But we both realize no matter what, we are creating things at the end of the exactly. day. We are creating things exactly. that we're passionate about. And I, that's probably the key there is we're passionate about what we do and what we make. So there's no way you step into this world of being a creator, or in this case, we're more likely addressing influencers, right? Or content mm -hmm. creators. There's no way you step into this thinking, oh, I'm going to do this because I see other people doing it and I'm gonna make the same content and just kind of churn it out and see how it goes, that you yes. will burn out so fast. And actually, mm -hmm. as a quick example, um, my fiance, Maggie, she tried to make YouTube, she tried to make vlogs for, I think she made like two vlogs, and she quickly <laughs> realized that, oh my God, it is so much work to make a vlog, which <laughs> makes sense, right? It totally yes. makes sense that it's crazy hard to do a vlog, because. It's capturing is already like, you have to constantly think about, I have to capture content, which seems like a chore. And then you have to work on the actual editing. And then that itself takes ages. Like she thought she could she could knock it out in like an hour or two. 
Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I see you smiling. And it's like, no. if you... <laughs> but like it's like okay like editing a tiktok is one thing and then editing like a whole vlog you know you even like splicing is one thing and then you have like your transitions and then you have like your little inserts and your pop-ups and your call outs and your sound effects <laughs> yeah. and your your background track and i say all this because i've done it before and it is a work of like passion rather than a work of like just work if you want to make right. it happen right. uh and so that's probably like the first thing that stands out is you you need to mm -hmm. really enjoy it and you need to know why you're doing it uh mm -hmm. and it's like it's like also for you you knew your niche right yours was <laughs> i mean yours was your off i'm gonna explain i'm gonna explain your niche in like the most crude way it's yeah go ahead work from home office space with orange lighting <laughs> and wood <laughs> <Yes>. right like, <laughs> That was like your yes. your Instagram feed summed up. Like that's all I saw. Yes. Was, it was like the same color and and exactly. and everything. And but that was cool though because we like we would look at your page and you could show me any of your photos. I'm like that's Michael. Like you somehow mm -hmm. were able to almost like trademark a style of photography uh, with the objects that were present and the and the and like the coloring of it. And we just knew that's Michael. And that's actually mm -hmm. really impressive if you if you think about it, because you somehow just trademarked like a color, a color and like a corner and yeah. like a like a composition. Right. And like, oh, well, I can I can recognize who this uh, person is. Uh, and that's what people need to do. Like you need to understand what is your niche? What is what is the thing that you're doing that is unique and, and entertaining to people? Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, for what we do here is like, you know, what is the niche of this podcast? What is the purpose of this? And like you, like the name itself is so clear about that purpose. It's about yes. having discussions, open discussions between creators, no matter what their mm -hmm. background, uh, and then sharing advice, sharing tips about how to get started, how to keep going, how to stay motivated. I mean, let's think about the guests we've had that were creators. We had um, uh, Sabrina, who Rettinger? was the voiceover. John yeah, Rettinger. We had Sabrina, right? yeah um you've had i mean you you've had people who weren't just like your typical creator and that's what's really cool about it right because yes. these lessons can apply for anyone that wants to be for a creator anyone. exactly yeah i love that hey you know that actually what you just said is a good segue to what i was gonna say no, it's, all, it's all segues it's all segues I, know, it's all, <laughs> I promise you ye and i did not plan this but no the reason why i was laughing earlier because you were saying that you know to write to get and make a vlog was so much work and i was laughing because i was reminded of lynn my wife so she had before she got the job that she has now she had to make a 30 second um introduction and she had to record herself using her webcam and just say something for like 30 seconds took her four hours <laughs> and that's she was so true that's so she true. was complaining she was like i had to set up the light i had to do this i had to re-record myself made sure everything looked good and she was complaining to me and at the and, you know i was looking at her i was just like laughing and she goes why are you laughing i'm like well, imagine having to do that every day, <laughs> like every day. Just, yeah. And not yeah, just 30 exactly. seconds. Yeah. You're talking like 20 minutes and then she's like, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, to, to jump off of what he was just saying to find something, find your niche. Right. I mean, I appreciate all the really nice things you said. And the reason why I found that honestly is this is what, this is my advice to creators who are starting out. My advice is to find something that genuinely interests you. 
because your niche is going to change. It's going to not maybe maybe not change to some it's going to change to some it's just going to evolve naturally. And so the only way that you can make that happen is if you start off with something that you're genuinely interested in because the game the name of the game is really it's sustainability. Basically find something that you can sustain for the longest time. And to what you just said earlier, if you find something that you think like it's, it's, it's for example, okay? I'm a decent graphic designer. It's not my passion. If I were to create content about graphic design, I can do that. And I can churn out all the content that I want um, and try to make it better than others. But if it's not my passion, every day it's going to feel like I'm doing someone else's work. So find something that you can sustain for the longest time because it's it's a long game. I always play long game. And I think in this, in this um, environment of content creation we're always looking for something that that goes viral right that's what we're always looking for so i mean yes some people get lucky they go viral but that's just some that's like also saying some people win the lottery i mean it's so random there are best yeah. practices but there aren't yeah. surefire um formulas out there what were you exactly. gonna say uh i want to i want to give an example and plug one of my good friends from college. His name is uh, Dimitri. He has recently, well, actually not that recently anymore. It's been a couple months, but he started streaming on Twitch and he did it for fun uh, because he is, he is a, a nerd and geek through and through. Like it is, he's actually a legitimate Pokemon master. And I know what oh. you're thinking. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> he went to like the nationals for Pokemon. Uh, like he he has trophies and awards that he can use to show like his prestige and achievements in Pokemon. Uh, he is also technically like a like a Pokemon certified professor uh, in which he facilitates uh, tournaments and competitions and things like that. Like really a nerd and a geek. And I love how how into it he is. Right. Uh -huh. And so what's interesting, though, is he started streaming because he's just like, oh, I want to do this for fun and see how's, how it's going, which is cool. Uh, but he didn't tell anyone about it. Like, no, none of his friends or family knew what he was doing. So he just wanted to do it. He wanted to build it organically, right? Mm -hmm. And he's been streaming almost every single day for the better half of maybe like half a year now. And keep in mind, he's streaming every night while also doing his master's program uh, that would transition into uh, a PhD program as well. And right. And it's a totally different field. And so he was like, Hey, I'm doing this professional thing, which I think is most, most of us, right? Like you, uh, you like were a graphic designer, but then you started doing content creation on the side and you managed mm -hmm. to finally transition yourself to a full-time creator. Like this is the most yes. common path for everyone because you don't just come out and say, I'm going to be a content creator. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Right. And so he he was like, hey, I'm going to try this and whatnot. And after a couple months of streaming, he became a Twitch partner. And that was already an awesome accomplishment. But then mm -hmm. Dimitri and I we started having conversations uh, and because I because he posted once on his Facebook on Facebook, this you know dated platform. He's like, hey, you know, I just want to say that, like, you know, that my birthday this year, like I'm super excited for like the past year. And if you ever if you even care I started streaming on Twitch. And so he's like, that's the one time he posted anything about his Twitch. And I happened to see it and I, and I, and I, and I hopped on 
And so since then, we've had a lot of discussions similar to what you, you and I have, Michael, about what he does and whatnot. And what I appreciate so much about Dimitri is he understands the importance of consistency and pursuing what he likes, but also doing his due diligence and research about what exists on social media and how he can mm -hmm. differentiate himself from the rest. Like he actually really spends hours researching other Twitch streamers, other live streamers and being like, hey, what do they do? What works? What doesn't? What should I do? Like, what's a unique theme I should do? And he puts in so much effort into that. Like being a content creator is work and you can't just be like, I'm going to throw everything out and, and see what sticks and see what works, right? You have yeah. to, you have to be just as smart about it. Like yeah. we're all yeah. doing businesses at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. We are all doing businesses. I love that. I mean, I love his approach and it's like, let me see what other people are doing not to copy them, but to further differentiate what he does. Yeah. I mean, that, that gives him a very unique selling point, right? That that's his, um, yeah, that's him. That's that's amazing. I, I got to check him out now because I, I saw a TikTok yesterday of these two uh, friends, I think, in New York. And they were like, hey, how about we start, we, we create um, a Pokemon gym in real life? And like, what is this? And I was like watching the video and they did. Like, it's an actual physical store in um in uh in somewhere in new york and you can walk in and everyone's like sitting on their uh i don't know what they're called but they're they're playing and there's like merchandise and all that stuff i'm like this is legit and i think it again it starts with something that they were just genuinely interested yeah. in because if you're interested well, in it you're gonna yeah. enjoy it yeah so my so i forgot to mention this but with dimitri i i i said all of his like accomplishments and accolades as a fan of pokemon and a, and a player uh -huh. of pokemon and for I, I, this should be pretty obvious but for anyone that doesn't know pokemon is still extremely hot like there are twitch streams dedicated to people opening up cards and packs of pokemon booster packs right like it is still so relevant these days and yet he barely even talks about Pokemon, which seems counterintuitive because he, of all people, seems like the person with the most, uh, like most qualified to speak on it and to talk about it on his channel. But he's like, you know what? I want to focus on a niche that I can be good at uh, and not just like go after the mass market trend that is Pokemon, right? It's definitely still in his like purview of things that he may want to address and, and talk about, but he himself has understood that just because it's something that is popular, like it's so much harder to stand out when everyone's doing it. And it's much easier to just focus on a niche for now, grow that audience, and then he can add in Pokemon later if he wishes to. And this mm, is all strategic, very smart. right? All very strategic. Uh, yeah. And these are things that we talk about all the time. Like, hey, listen, like, what is your plan like going forward and whatnot? It's like, it's like what I made you do, right? I was like, yeah, it's like what I ask of you all the time. <laughs> and it's like asking those questions and then forcing yeah. you to think about it and not just like churn out content all the time. Because if you mm -hmm. just keep churning, you're going to look back at this past year of 2022 and be like, well, I made all this content and where did it get me? Yes. Right? You're not focused and you're, you're basically shooting from the hip. And it's spray and pray, basically. But if you're more focused, yeah. if you understand what you're doing, and, you know, don't feel bad if you don't. I think this is why it's important to have a conversation with someone. If not, 
like I said, I was very fortunate to have Yi as like my my soundboard. Like I would just like throw ideas at him and he'll just either shoot them down and just say, okay, that's pretty cool. Maybe you can explore that. Um, because to him, it's like, well, you know, he, he has no, it's, it's great to have someone like him because he, he will tell me if it's a, if it's a bad idea, you know what I mean? He'll tell me if it's a bad idea or if it's, if it maybe okay, where is that going to take you? Cause maybe sometimes, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is an interesting idea. I'd like to explore it. It may be interesting, but how is this helping you move yourself forward? Right? Like that's always the question. So if you don't have yeah. someone to bounce off ideas like that, just at least write them down, write all your thoughts. If you don't have someone, why don't you, why don't you call in to coffee with creators at one <laughs> It's actually a good one. So, so this is the, the best time to announce this new feature. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, no, hey, I, at, what's up? at Riverside FM, whatever, mm -hmm. let's add a feature where people can just dial in. Hey, you know, thank you. I, I, I swear to God, this is not planned, is, but that is the perfect segue. Yi. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a short uh, break in between this time. I mean, actually, we're going to move on to a different topic. But since Yi brought up Riverside, Riverside is has been the platform that I've been using for the last two years when I'm recording um, Coffee with Creators. And it's awesome because you really have you don't have to do anything. I mean, you do have to do something. You have to record yourself and your guest. But if you're looking for a platform where you can record high quality audio and video, Riverside is the place. So it's great. Even if you don't have great internet connection, it's been working out just awesome. You just log in and then you start recording and whatever um, video or audio quality that you hear on your end, that's being recorded uh, to their uh, servers basically. And so at the end of the, the session, when you, you hit stop, it'll spit out like the highest quality um, audio and video, and then you can use that to create your content. And so actually Riverside has been very, very kind enough to send a promo for any creators who want to start podcasting, video podcasting, and they are actually offering a, where is it? See, I'm not prepared. I told you it's not a segue, but they're for the holidays, they're prepared. Uh, they gave coffee creators a special discount, which is 30% off um, on any of their plans for, let me see, let me see. It, it says, uh, get 30% off discount and start recording on Riverside. And the code is holiday, holidays. So H-O-L-I-D-A-Y-S 22. And that gives you 30% discount on any Riverside membership plan. So I would take advantage of that. Start your podcast, start whatever it is that you want to start, um, I mean, this this thing is not going to go away. I promise you that. People are saying, oh, you pandemic, pandemic's over. We're going to meet in person. Yes, that's going to happen, but this is not going to go away. As a matter of fact, it's just going to get bigger. So if you can get on the podcasting wagon or even just like the content creation thing using Riverside, this is the greatest, uh, this is the best time for you to sign up. Um, so that's the I think this bit. is a I think it's a great time to plug uh, that your next podcast, the what is it going to be called? The the car one. Oh, auto enthused. Is that the name? Is that going to be the? It should be the. I don't name. know. It should be the name. It'll, but yeah. it'll be. I think it's a great name. But anyways, okay. it's like the 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 next new podcast from from Michael and most likely yeah. uh, normal guest Yi. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be Michael and Yi for sure. Yeah, because okay, we have yeah, so it, it's much gonna be to talk next about. year. 
Um, yeah. And I just want to say, just like, like 30 second thing, I really want to talk about the new Prius. I want to talk about the silly little <laughs> Avatar concept car from Mercedes. Um, and I want to talk about the new uh, EV G-Wagon that I have been seeing videos of, and it looks ridiculously awesome. I have not seen that one. I have not seen that oh, one. Oh, God. It's so sexy. Here's uh, one thing you I, I bet you haven't seen yet. Have you seen the, because uh, it was just published this morning, unless you saw it, but they, <laughs> the, I'm also uh, three hours ahead of you, so there's yeah, a chance no, I've seen exactly. it. <laughs> no, the, um, the, the Lucid Sapphire versus the Tesla Plaid versus a oh, is Bugatti there, is there a video of this? Yes. Oh. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's oh, amazing. man. Okay. All right. Yeah. After you you, you got to watch it, dude. Yeah. It's awesome. That sounds All right, incredible. Well, yeah. So we have like we have like 20 15 20 minutes left uh, yeah. before we end this episode. Actually, probably 15 minutes or less. But I want to yeah. kind of switch gears for a little bit and this is a topic that you and I started uh, talking about before we started recording and it's it's about being adaptable and how you kind of what was it again you said earlier about um I guess embracing like the change or the evolution of things. Well, um I think it's just how you how you re how you respond to issues when they come up and and we're not okay. talking about like oh uh, like i hit some traffic today i was late but it, it's just like things where when you're working on a big project and you come you come up against these really big challenges and how do you go about solving it how do you like and the thing is the the, the solution and the method of solving is i think wildly different every time uh, but it was also you learn something each time you go through these challenges and so the question really is you know to you, Michael, and, and to, to me as well, it's like, think of a time where something has gone wrong uh, or something is just like really didn't go the way you wanted. And then how did mm -hmm. you end up pivoting or how did you end up solving that that issue? Uh, and I mean, is there anything that comes to mind for you? Because if, if not, there, I have something in my in my head as well. Yeah, um, at the top of my head, surprisingly, I can't think of one. And the only reason I can think of one because I feel like my life has been peppered with problems, and that's all I've been <laughs> Your doing. Your life anyway. has has been peppered yeah, with problems. It's just, that's all I've been doing is just like pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. <laughs> and I think it's become yeah. such a natural thing for me now that it doesn't. Um, it and I'm not trying to, you know, um, I, I'm not trying to put myself like in, in this pedestal or anything, but it's become a natural thing for me now that if I come across a problem or a challenge, yeah. I naturally just pivot. Like case in point, when I lost my job, um, I started freelancing. I had no experience. Yeah. I didn't know anything, but the pivot point there was basically when I knew that I was about to lose my job because the, the company was laying off, I knew that my best chance to get customers or clients was to start establishing uh, building relationships. So that's what I focused yeah. on. I hated talking yeah. to people, but I had to do that just uh, just to get to know them, right? And then I got one client, just one client. Then that one client turned into multiple clients. And then right out, it was successful. But then the pandemic happened and that was, it's a clean slate again. And so when that happened, I yeah. immediately pivoted to content creation. And that's when I met Yi. So it's it's a constant <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a constant um That's how I met your life. father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a sitcom. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you might have a better I mean that's that, that's a thing that I can think of. So how about you? Do you have any examples yeah. that you can share? Um so over the course of running my my company, uh, one thing to know is that trying to trying to run a business is hard enough. 
trying to run a business that is hardware based is like it's like purposely shooting yourself in the foot or like asking <laughs> for a handicap because it is so much harder to develop hardware than software and i don't think this is like a contentious point or a hot take everyone i've talked spoken to and like who's an entrepreneur or just like works in tech like they all agree hardware sucks ass because mm. it is it's you, there's just like the physical uh, amount of labor that goes into developing a phys like a real product, like a like a, like a like a physical product, and all the labor and tools involved and in making that happen, all the retooling and the iterations and and the prototyping. With software, it's code, and your capital expenditures are basically like your labor hours for like an engineer or even if it's yourself, and you need a computer, and that's about it. But for us mm -hmm. to make a wireless charger it is, you know, beyond pain for the employees that help us do the sourcing and the designing or whatnot. Then you have the factory that actually makes like the molds or like does the tooling and then everything else. And like, and you have to ship those samples from China to the U.S. And you can quickly see how that can add a lot of complication and, and, and yeah. how things and problems can arise. And so <clears throat> one great example of this is. Uh, we had the, the, one of the first wireless chargers I put out. It was called the Dial, and it was aptly named because you could rotate this wireless charger infinitely in either direction. And one problem we found was that uh, if the charger sat in the packaging for too long, the the surface of the of the silicone on top on the top of the charger would start to uh, deform or like it, it start to uh, discolor because it was touching the top of the the packaging like the, the inside of the box and it's a super weird issue that none of the none of us expected and so it was like well crap all of a sudden we've got like a couple thousand wireless chargers that are slowly like we don't know at what pace but they're slowly like discoloring and mm -hmm. becoming like you know imperfect and you really just can't sell them anymore and so it's like what do you do when you have thousands of these in in, in inventory and the fact like well what do you do for for other customers and like if you already ship them out it's like you have this whole logistics thing you gotta you gotta worry about and this and this kind of thing is just like it sucks to deal with because no one prepares you for this no one tells you hey you can only store this this thing for x amount of time or like you shouldn't allow this silicone to to touch paper because then it'll discolor. Yeah. Like it wasn't even a science thing that came up. Like in all of our quality control and quality testing, like this never came up, and yet mm -hmm. we still had to deal with it. And it still felt like it was our problem, right? And like yes. and so in the midst of it, you're like, holy crap! Like I have to stop selling my products, which by the way is one of two like revenue sources because we only had two chargers at the time and so it's like we gotta seize half of You're our running a race actually, with one leg yeah 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 and and the thing is actually and it's like that charger costs more so the margins were a little higher so our revenue was also like all of a sudden like we're not just running with like one leg we're running with like the weaker leg and it's just like <laughs> this is absurd right it's totally absurd um and so and to what add on do? to that we were we were selling these products in stores too. So it's like the inventory that had been like in stores as well, if it was moving slowly, we had to be like, hey, sorry, by the way, we gotta get the stuff back. 
Um, and it was at Amazon as well, at the fulfillment center. So it's like, you can, after I've laid all these things out, right? It's like warehouse, fulfillment center, uh, stock for our, um, our actual like retail distribution, right? Everything had to be like recalled. And then it's like, we don't have that much money. You know, we're a startup. We don't, we don't just have the money casually around. And so yeah. thus began a really long conversation with our supplier and trying to explain to them and reason with them, listen, it's like, how, how, would, we, how would we know this, right? How are we supposed to know that this is our, our fault? But also to get them to be understanding and to, and to try to help us out. Because in that situation, like your partners, if we don't continue to sell, you know, it doesn't benefit them either because then we don't, we don't uh, create more orders with them, right? Yeah. And so even though it's not ideal, uh, at the end of it, it was like, hey, we got to have some tough conversations and we have to be really reasonable about how we negotiate this. We have to act swiftly in terms of getting these products back and exchange and, and getting them fixed. But even that was a huge process. We have to get all these products from all the areas that I just mentioned and ship them all the way back to China. They have to open up every single package and they have to re basically they're taking off the original silicone and then putting it back on and putting on a new one, which is like it's already adhered to it. So there's a whole process involved. And then once mm -hmm. they've reworked all those, then ship it all the way back here so that we can continue. Right. And like this is a overall like the takeaway here is like one, don't panic. Right. Do not panic yeah. when you come across things like this. And two, you need to act in a way that I think is is rational, but also like like it, it, ha, what makes the most sense. Like acting very swiftly to get all the products back was key because we you want to make sure you're not selling bad bad products, right? That's the first mm -hmm. thing. You don't want to damage your own reputation. And after that, it's like, well, how do we negotiate properly with our supplier? Because we're, we can't be selfish and say, hey, this is your fault. Right. You, it's a partnership the whole way. And it's I think it's very easy to like jump to blame them because it's what they made. And it's, you know, they yeah. didn't tell us about that. But that, that gets you nowhere. Right. And, and so like yeah. each step of the way is is a learning process of how do we solve this? How do we work together? How do we work swiftly? And then it's like and I think you'll realize this, too. Shit happens, but you get through it. Right. Yes. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like. Things will come up, but no matter what, over to like over time, like like don't even worry about like, oh God, this is so stressful. It's like once you get past it, you get past it and you move on. And it's just like it will it will be over, right? You will solve it. Um, and yeah. especially if you have a good team that you can rely on, if you have people you can trust. And I think a lot of a lot of like when we work together, when we talk, it's like there's a lot of trust. And so if you come up against issues or if there's things that come up, it's like you can talk about it. You can you can have people that you can depend on because one of the most dangerous things is making all your decisions by yourself. Like you mentioned having a oh, sounding yeah. board, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, mm -hmm. like, listen, like, you know, to the listeners, there are some videos that Michael has made where I'm like, wow, that was questionable. Yes. <laughs> to, to say yes. the least, right? And it's like, and then, and then we talk about it. I'm like, yo, Michael, like, what was up with this video? And he's like, ah, well, you know, that I had to yeah, do it. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly, throw it out there. Yeah. No, seriously, just, <laughs> there, uh, it has to be intentional. And I think that's, it goes back to that, right? Like you have to be intentional with this. You can't, you can, I mean, you can just keep throwing stuff on the wall and see if it sticks, but um, you're, 
it goes back to like, can you sustain that? Are you willing to do that? Just keep throwing stuff at the wall at the expense of your soul because that I've suffered two major burnouts. Like it's to the point where I don't want to look at a screen. I think the worst one was in the beginning of this year. I think I was like out for like three months or something. Cause I really Man, did not when, want to do anything. When you have yeah. a burnout, when you have like your breakdown, it's, I mean, obviously very sad. <laughs> I don't, <Yeah. laughs> I don't like it, but, but truth be told, I'm actually not too worried about you when you have your burnouts because it's more of just like, it's a mentality thing and it's how you approach it. And I have a lot of confidence in you that you will come out the other side, like much stronger. Um, but in my opinion, it's like a, this moment in time sucks. It's hard, Yeah. but yeah, we will get through it. And the point yeah. is, how do you set yourself up so that you don't reach that point again? And, and, and mm -hmm. it might happen again, but it's like, yeah. like, how do you, how do you prepare yourself better? Because it's, exactly. I, I think, yeah. I think a lot of it was like, if you feel disorganized or if you feel like you're always being reactive or if you feel like you don't have direction, then at that point you are really just like, you're working to work and you're not mm -hmm. happy with what you're putting out either. And that's what yeah. causes those kinds of burns out, bur burnouts. Exactly. Can I share what you actually, what, what we did? Remember when I had that burnout yeah. and then we had yeah, that yeah, conversation? Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, okay, well tell me what it is, what happened. So I told him and then he basically just listened to me calmly and he goes, okay, so how do we get to, uh, okay, step one, how do we solve the first problem? Let's do this. How about we list out all the problems? And the most amazing thing happened. As soon as I listed out all the problems and then he gave me a timeline, he's like, okay, for problem number one, do you think you can solve it within two weeks, three weeks or whatever? And I basically just put times, kind of like timelines on each problem and it's like my my worries went away and that you know i just realized that i'm just not an organized person and so when you helped me out <laughs> he was like yeah i'm terrible yeah. at organizing my organizing my life my schedule person. no no my my calendar he was also the one who 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 beat the calendar into my head he's like use the calendar you put everything on your calendar so you're not thinking about it and i'm like okay okay so organization is really important for me personally. And that was one of the reasons why I suffered like a really bad burnout. And so he's right. Like you just have to, you, you just take it in small chunks, right? You will get through it. Whatever it is that you're going through, you get through it, take it in small chunks, make it manageable. Even if you're, if you're, cause if you're, if you just shy away from it, yeah, it's like what you said, it's not going to solve anything. If you start blaming people, it's not going to solve anything. Your problem's still there. But if you take it in small chunks, fix it little by little, then you'll find out, you'll, you'll realize like, hey, we did get through it and we're okay. So, and now it's a great story to tell. So I think uh, that's, that's honestly one of the um, the benefits of just like, it's funny because I keep saying write it down and just right before we recorded this, he was asking me where my notes were and I'm like, they're everywhere. <laughs> it's like I left it in my office. It's hard to but stay organized. Down, when like, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyway, um, no, I think that was great. I think there's so much more that we can explore in this topic. I thought that was a great story. Um, something that when you were, you were saying the whole thing, just logistics, it was just like making me sweat already. I'm like, I can barely get like two people on the phone, like let, let alone an entire like team to just do one thing. It's like hurting cats. Like, have you tried hurting cats? It's like damn near impossible. It's, it's yeah, it's just not going to happen. So that's, that's a great story. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome.
But anyway, um, so I think we're going to end the, the episode here. Uh, I have one more episode before the year. No, two more episodes before the year ends. And I hope you guys got some really good uh, maybe information uh, in this episode. This is something that Yi and I didn't really plan. But we felt like every time we would, like specifically us two, if we were on the Coffee Creators podcast, we would want to try to make it more, um, I guess, relaxed in a sense, like really sharing more of what's going on with the week, with our work, with our lives, with our career in a way that can possibly help the listeners. So if you guys appreciate that, please don't forget to subscribe, not subscribe, but follow the podcast and rate the podcast because that's honestly the best way that you can support this and you know tell your friends and family to listen and i think that's uh that's all i got on my end do you have anything else you no that sounds great no? uh i think if any of you are interested in uh <clears throat> in following the my friends twitch stream uh oh yeah that's right dimitri i yeah he uh his twitch stream thing is uh <laughs> i you know what? I'm going to say it once. And if it's wrong, I'm so sorry. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's called. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible. I'm pretty sure it's called Demi D, your MC. So D E M I D. And then your Y O U R M C, like the letter M and C. And okay. he does like, he streams like classic retro games all the time. Like, and so his his audience is very much like the, oh, like watching like SNES games or like, or like whatever like give me like atari games or whatever like he yeah. it's all it's all old school and it's like super cool. like wholesome and whatnot mm -hmm. um so he does streams i think every single night so if you want to go check him out demi d your mc uh just have it on the background or whatnot i'm sure he'd really appreciate it all right well awesome thank you yeah. thank you for all the life lessons and the stories today um kind of a, of a bummer that i won't get to see you uh during ces but i understand you're also going on vacation you're, you'll be gone for how many weeks uh i'll be gone two weeks i leave tomorrow going to going to taiwan see some family uh and then you know i'll be back in in the bay for the first two weeks of january but we should uh catch up once ces rolls around I uh -huh. want to say a quick predict. My quick prediction for CES is that because of COVID, large companies have had to basically hold and host their own like shows and and keynotes, and I think that they will end up finding themselves wanting to do that more as opposed to attending CES. And CES will become more dominated by smaller companies and brands that are there to network and find press opportunities. Uh, where instead of like these big companies trying to show off there because they have found ways during the pandemic to showcase and talk about themselves without needing a physical space. That's my, that's my guess. That's a very good guess. Actually. I blame Apple for this because they've, they've yeah. mastered the whole virtual keynote thing ever since the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is actually yeah. really so, and, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It's like, I'm curious about what, what will happen. Um, but if if the big people get out, it will allow more space and opportunity for the smaller players to, to shine. Uh, and I'm really I really hope that's the case, you know. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll catch up. About we'll see. It. We'll catch well, up. Yeah, about we'll it, you know, OK, we'll, we'll definitely do another um, episode like post CS thing like what we did last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. This time it's going to be a lot more interesting and hopefully a lot more uh, exciting. But anyway, thank you guys for listening yeah. to the Coffee of Creators podcast. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. Um, 
make sure to subscribe to the channel not subscribe but follow the podcast and rate it and watch out for two more episodes before we year we end the year 2022 uh take care guys bye see ya